Hi folks, this is Audacity in Love and Life, and I am your host, Sean Matos. Uh, I apologize for, I don't know if I put one out yesterday, a podcast or not. Uh, I don't think I did, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> anyway, I was with um, Kelly and Trent yesterday for a little while, and, you know, I appreciate my fans. I just got off the phone with um, Bronson, and... Um, you know, I appreciate my fans telling me how much they like the podcast and, you know, Kelly said something really important and that was that when she's having a bad day, um, all she has to do is listen to my podcast and laugh at either the stuff that I'm saying or just because when I laugh, it's like a contagious laugh that she just starts laughing and it just changes her whole day. You know, and, and that's awesome because that's what I want to do at the end. I mean, I hope I'm educating people on things um, that some people may be going through or don't even realize that people go through in this world. And and at the same time, you know, trying to make people laugh. Like now, you know, uh, Bronson says he he now, you know, pretty much calls everybody crackhead crazy. Now, <laughs> at least in his mind, you know, um, and you know, like he, he suggested that I talk about, uh, what I, the, the whole defamation trial and when, how I went about it, um, as my own attorney against my, um, crackhead crazy ex-girlfriend that, uh, you know, filed four false restraining orders and lied and called me stalker. And, uh, after I won the huge major suit, uh, lawsuit, um, you know, so that other people understand the process and, and, and if they ever need to do it themselves, they know what they need to do to go through. And like, I'm not a lawyer, you know, and I can just tell you, I have years of experience working in law. Like I said, I was a paralegal in New York, <clears throat> excuse me. And if anybody who's a paralegal knows, you pretty much do all the work for the lawyer, and then they just go in and fight the case. So you have to set up the whole case file. You have to, you know, create the subpoenas and the summons and complain. And you're doing everything, basically. You're putting all the evidence together in the file, in order, and you're marking the pages, evidence, you know, as evidence or whatever. Um, you know, you're going through the depositions and marking the depositions, you know, so this way, when the lawyer goes in, he knows exactly uh, what to answer, ask where to where to find the information, the whole thing. Um, so, and then doing my own investigative work and everything, I just got a varied background in in the whole legal aspect, and then being put through with everything that I was put through. You know how how can you not learn from that, and how how can you not uh, use that um, knowledge? Uh, for when anybody else, um, you know, tries to do something in your life, civilly or criminally, you know, I, I highly recommend when you go through shit, it's all, like I said, everything's a learning lesson, you know, and, and everything that I learned, I was able to implement in the, the case against her, you know, and, and serve as my own attorney and be in front of a jury and pick the, the jury members out, you know the ones that I wanted on, on, uh, on the jury and, and also the, you know, defense got to do the same, you know, um, 
and then all the presenting the opening statement and all that kind of stuff. So you, you know, you don't, you don't have the balls, believe me, when you're first getting hit with bullshit, but you certainly, uh, develop balls when you've been through a lot of shit over and over and you're like, I'm, I'm just done with these people. And I, you know, you have to, you have to learn to fight back, you know, you know, you, you, you can't let people walk all over you, you know, and I, oh, I'm a very big, um, you know, like, uh, my, my biggest problem is letting people walk all over me, you know, in, in my life, because I'm, I'm just not, I just don't want to fight with people. Um, I prefer to be, like I said, rainbows and butterflies if life could be just so nice that way, but it's not because you're never going to always deal with nice people. And, like, Bronson, as a cop, is seeing how horrible people are to each other, you know. And, 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 and the fact that he, you know, him and the other officers deal with a lot of people that um, try and fall, file these phony little restraining orders against each other that have nothing to do with being in fear for your life and everything to do with being vindictive and revengeful or angry at the time um, because, you know, that they were, somebody said something or did something to them, um, and, and they got their fucking feathers fluffed, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a big process, you know, uh, you have, I mean, a lot of forms you can do online and you can find online, uh, but you got to know what to do, you know, and that number one thing is you've got to have your shit together as to, uh, First of all, is the person uh, doing harm to you? Are they doing harm to your reputation? Um, you know, or, and, and how is that harm affecting your life? Um, and is it affecting your, your work or your, like, I have a private detective license. I'm a future recovery agent, bail agent. You know, I owned my own business at the time, too, on top of it. So, um, you know... When somebody who's a business owner is being lied about, and you know, and and now people that I grew up with that are business connections that have known me all my life are coming to me and saying, oh, I heard this and I heard that and I couldn't believe it. But, you know, this one's, you know, and she has friends in the police department and she has friends in the Board of Education and, you know, the captain's wife works at the board of education and she's telling them this that and the other thing every time we go out and i see you know i run into her she's talking shit or she's talked shit to somebody who tells me oh wait a minute you know wait a minute i know sean what are you talking about you know and and then not being able to open a business in pa because you know i can't get the required licensing uh because i have these uh, little phony restraining orders saying I'm a stalker. And by the way, not only that, but she also said that I tried to kidnap her son. Okay? Stuff like that. You know, the son that she left me with all the time so she can run around with my car. Um, you know, the son that I didn't want to raise, it's not my child. You know, the son that her own, do her own sister, I'm sorry, her own sister complained that she would just dump her son onto her so she can run around, you know. Somebody that she doesn't even spend the time raising. And like I said, I'm not into raising other people's children um, unless I'm asked to, like a nanny or whatever. But it was no fun for me waking the kid up, feeding him breakfast, getting him dressed, going to school, picking him up from school, you know, feeding him dinner, 
packing his lunch, by the way, you know, and then everything that we did, we pretty much did with him. Like, you know what I mean? So he even slept in the bed with us. If we had to, if we wanted to have sex, we had to go in a spare room, you know? Um, So uh, it was, it was not fun to have a relationship like that uh, where you're getting somebody's child dumped on them. So, you know, how dare you lie and say that I tried to kidnap your child, you know, scout, scout. Muffin doesn't want to play, and I don't want to hear you barking trying to get her to play. Thank you very kindly. Appreciate that one. Um, so at the end of the day, like, first you want to get everything together. You got to get your evidence together um, that you're going to use against them, you know. And you should put it in chronological order. Um, and then you're going to want to uh, file, a, you're going to want to file a uh, complaint in the civil court. Uh, and you have to decide whether or not you want it to be a special civil part, which is 3000 and below, or a civil law division, which is uh, 3000 and above, or, you know, like 15000 or whatever it is. So, you know, I was suing for 50 Um And I could have sued for more. I know I would have probably not got a dime, but it was more not about the money. It was more about, you know, putting an end to her bullshit. And if I got a dollar for her to settle or, or admit that she was wrong, then I was happy with that, you know. So you want to decide on what court and how much money you want to sue for, how much, you know, and that depends, too, on the damages. A normal person can file a, a, a case against somebody that's lying against their, their life, and you don't have to own a business or whatever. All you have to do is prove three things. They said it. They, they said it to a third party, and it, they said it, and it wasn't true. They said it to third parties, and it wasn't true. And that it was criminal in nature that they're accusing you of, or some kind of illness, like they said you had AIDS, and you don't have AIDS, or something like that. Um, so if all you have to prove is, is that. And once you know that you have all those elements, then you can file a lawsuit. So you don't have to own a business. All you have to do is have witnesses or proof. Like she, she put it all on social media. You know, I had people that came up to me and told me she, she filed. And the biggest proof was she filed false restraining orders full of lies, um, four times. And that went through court systems and I had to defend myself and take the time to defend myself against these things. And, you know, and yes, I did counter my restraining order, her restraining orders, with my restraining orders um, that where she tore my rotator cuff and the judge said, I didn't, I don't believe you. And here I have medical proof and MRI and everything, but I never even got the chance to pull that in, you know, because at the end of the day, certain judges were definitely being... Uh, controlled and manipulated and asked to do favors by certain people that I sued, uh, especially in Atlantic County. Um, and I know everything now where you, when at the time you're not knowing this stuff, you're picking up information either a little bit before at the time or afterwards. But, you know, I know all the players that, you know, were involved in everything and it all, and it, and it all stretches up to the meth addict. And her connection with my boss that I won a lawsuit and her working in domestic violence, 
unit at the courthouse with my boss, along my boss, for years, and her ex-husband working with my boss that I sued, and that all coming into play, and her legally getting information, because family court stuff is confidential, and I could have sued, and believe me, I talked to my lawyer about uh, us taking a case against her and the county for releasing information illegally to this meth addict. Um, and then her painting a t- totally different picture as part of a retaliatory thing. But we, would ne- we wouldn't get anything from the meth addict. You know what I'm saying? We would just cut her supply uh, off by not being able to have any enough money to go buy her supply of meth or Adderall. Um, and, and like I said, you know, there's... There's a time where, you know, you just got to be like, you know, fuck these people. They're scum of the earth. I'm not going to waste my time and move on. You know, because court is, you have to remember something. When you file a case, it is all consuming. And especially if you're going to be your own lawyer. So just know that. Are these people worth it? If it's worth it because it's damaging your life in a way, um then yes. If, 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 is it worth it if they're just talking shit and rumors and everything? You know, you're not having... You know, I had people follow me, like I said, videotape me, stuff. But what I, you know, what I know um, is it, about myself is the truth. And this is bullshit. And they're taking s- stuff that I do in my life <coughs> and twisting it around for their story. You know, but this girl was relentless, you know, and then to say I tried to kidnap your child when in fact you left your child in my care when I didn't even want to be taking care of your child. How dare you, you know, so. uh, At the end of the day, know that it's all consuming, especially if you're going to be the one representing yourself. And, you know, are you willing to to take the time and is it worth it for you to take that time from your life? Because cases can drag on for, you know, normally a couple years. Hold on one second. Muffin! Normally for at least a couple years. You know, I think, uh, I think mine was, yeah, I think mine took about a year and a half uh, with her. The other cases took years. Um to take care of, but they were with, against people who had five lawyers and lied their ass off and kept postponing and, you know, trying to play wear me out game or whatever, you know, but I was able to be the dictator of my own case by pushing it through, um, myself. I mean, her lawyer, uh, she, I think he asked for a couple of, uh, adjournments or whatever for stupid stuff or whatever. And by the way, and at the end of the day, he literally got ripped off by her too. He did. She did not pay him uh, the money that um, she was supposed to pay him for his legal representation. And the last conversation I had with him was, you know, that she had reneged on the settlement agreement, and she wasn't paying me. And then I was trying to get her, get him to talk to her about paying me or I was going to have to file, you know, a, a motion against her to enforce litigants' rights. 
and he's and his his words were me, Sean. She's a piece of shit. Go ahead and do it because I am going down to the court tomorrow and I am taking my name off of representing her because she hasn't paid me any money. She owes me money for my legal representation. And, you know, she, she you know, you proved she was a liar, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, you know, I don't want anything to do with her, you know. So I said, okay. And literally he emailed me the next morning a copy of his uh, withdrawal as her representation, her lawyer. Um you know, before I even went down to the court to do the enforcement of litigants' rights, you know. So, um, at the end of the day, you want to make sure you get everything together. You want to weigh it out yourself if you're going to do it yourself. Um, a lot of the paperwork will be online on the courts. A lot of the, And a lot of them will have instructions, you know. And if you have somebody pay a lawyer, a uh, friend or whatever, to get any kind of legal advice you might need on... Um, you know, what you should and shouldn't do or, or whatever, you know, um, if you have one, you know, I can't give you legal advice. I can tell you where to find it. I can tell you my story and I'm going to tell you my story about what I can do, but you could take it or leave it. You know, you want to file a complaint against them and you want to have the counts spelled out. Count one, you know, this person filed four false restraining orders, you know, malicious, you know, count two, malicious prosecution, count three, you know, abusive process. And this is why you have to explain what it is that you're uh, complaining about, you know, so and, and you want to and you have to use a special format. Um, you have to put the either the person that is you're filing against or the lawyer and the person's name on the paperwork and you have to serve them, too. So a lot of stuff you do by mail, a lot of stuff you can do electronically, and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff you, you should do certified copy return receipt, you know, so you have proof every which way you can, you know, especially with someone like her because she lied about everything. She refused service um, on, uh, you know, certain, certain things, uh, you know, to try and, you know, say, oh, I never received it. Well, no, when the post office says I showed up and she refused service or whatever, that's you, you could have had it, but you didn't, you refused service. You know what I mean? So I, my attempt was good. You know what I mean? So you, 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 you know, people like that are going to play games, you know, obviously um, they're narcissistic. They're usually malignant narcissists who do these kind of things. Um, so you have to know who you're dealing with. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes you learn as you go. But if if it's a relationship situation, this is me filing a defamation, abusive process, a malicious prosecution against my ex. Four, lying and saying I was a stalker. Lying in one of them and saying that I tried to kidnap her child. Um, you know, saying that I was places I wasn't. You know, saying that she broke up with me and, and that she wanted nothing to do with me um, when, in fact, I'm the one who broke up with her and I actually had photographic evidence and video evidence of her and her son and her grandmother and her sister and her friend and her friend's kids, whatever, at my house during the time that she's saying for months she didn't want nothing to do with me. I didn't want her anywhere near my life, this, that, and thing. And by the way, when my dog died, she showed up at my house to comfort me over the fact that my dog died. 
you know, and then she had to explain that on the stand. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, um, if you have the evidence to prove somebody is a liar and you feel that it's a strong enough case and you feel that it's something you have to do uh, to protect your integrity, your honesty, your reputation, character, whatever it is, you know, your job, whatever, you know, you want to get everything together, file the summons and complaint, fill it out, do it well, um, and then from there, they'll date it. You'll have to serve the people that you're suing. Um, and they ha- if they have a repre- representation by a lawyer, you have to serve the lawyer. You know, through through them, you can serve the lawyer, um, and then through them, it's considered service to the person. But I, I cover all my bases, because it ain't going to hurt you um, to spend an extra $10 to make sure you've covered the base of, you know, making sure that the person you're complaining against has been served directly, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I do, I do process and, uh, you know, I do summons and complaints and process serving of subpoenas and stuff like that and witness location and sometimes client location who has money on a table and is too dumb to fucking call the office and find out how their case is doing. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you file your summons and complaint. Uh, the court will finally, uh, send some kind of card stamped with a date that says they, you know, they received your case and everything. And if it's a certain dependent on special civil part or law division, um, you have so much time to um, where they give you to exchange information, have the the opposing side answer, because now they have to answer your complaint and say, well, this is what happened, or whatever. And usually it's full of shit and lies, like mine was, you know. Um, and... From there, then you're going to try and file motions. They might try and, you know, they tried to file motions to get it dismissed. It didn't work. I did what they call, I amended my complaint. And um, I got legal advice because I said, look, she has continually, it's not just this couple of incidents, because usually you have a timeline. So you have a statute of limitations. So you can't just file a lawsuit two years after the fact, and the statute of limitations have run out. But I found out through my research that there's a thing called continuing violations doctrine. And I went to my lawyer, and I asked, I got advice from a lawyer friend, and I said, look, um, I want to use this because um, the statute of limitations has run out on some of the things that she did. But she had continued from this date on all the way up to this date, which is within the statute of limitations. But these other things that she did, you know, four years ago or whatever, is is as important or, you know, or more important because it lays down the whole foundation of how she started from here and went to here and how... You know, and all these other things that I can show now, I can bring in the proof that I broke up with her. I can bring in the proof that she claims she broke up with me, but here she's at my house, here, and here I'm at her house, and here she's at my house, and here again she's at my house with her family, and you know, and this, that, and the other thing. So this way, it's like 
some of this stuff and the evidence that I didn't wasn't wasn't going to be able to bring in was important because it established a timeline and established how much she actually lied. You know, so if I didn't bring in then I broke up with her and I couldn't because it wasn't within the statute of limitations, that would abound me without having uh, the ability to to show the jury um, how far back she lied and what she lied about, and that I was the one who broke up with her, and that I was not the one that, you know, was basically stalking. It was her not being able to let go of me and having to be vindictive and revengeful and lie and everything, you know? So at the end of the day, you want to... You're going to go back and forth, filing motions, you know, uh, they try to file motions, uh, again, you know, file, file motion to dismiss saying it was all bullshit, this, that, and the other thing. And I had to answer that motion with a motion to, uh, you know, block their motion and this is why and et cetera. So you're going to go back and forth with that. So you need to know how to fight that. Um, and sometimes you're going to have to orally argue. It depends. I, I put down that I'll argue on paper, but if the defense says, you know what? No, I want us to go to court and orally argue. So then I have to go in court and I have to tell the judge, this is why I feel that we need to squash their motion, you know, or whatever. So it's all decided on one or the other. So if both of you say we want to argue on paper, you just submit your paper to the court, the judge reviews it, and then re- and then sends a judgment on that motion. He either denies it or he grants it. Um, and then, or you have to both go in, because one of you said, I want to orally argue. Unless you have a conference with the judge, and the judge says, look, let's just do it on paper, you know, I don't know why you need to come down, you know, whatever. Because Fridays is motion day, and Fridays is also golf day. So judges want to get the fuck out of uh, the, the chambers by, you know, like 12, one o'clock so they can go play golf and, you know, ha- start their weekend early, you know? So to have oral arguments means you're going to have to wait and you're going to have to or argue in front and it could take 15 minutes or it could take an hour. You know what I mean? So once you do that, you have what they call discovery and that is you're now exchanging your proof and evidence or whatever and information back and forth between you and the defense. This is what I have against your client. Well, this is what my client has against you. This, that, and the other thing. And of course, I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, except her saying, oh, she's a stalker. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but absolutely no proof. You know what I mean? So, um, and I, you know, look, I gave them, you know, pretty much all my evidence. And by the way, I got hacked uh, and they tried to delete a lot of my evidence, but I had backed my evidence up in three different places. So even though they hacked me, I was still able to, and I, and I didn't find out that most of the stuff was hacked until I was right in the middle of my trial questioning her. Um, and when I went in to look at the, uh, evidence, it was gone, so I had to go into my backup areas and bring stuff up, you know. So, and that's another part of you know the whole uh, certain officials being putting their hands in the jar where they don't belong uh, corruptly, you know, to try and help uh, with the retaliation campaign against me, basically, you know. So, at the end of the day, you're going through discovery and everything. You exchange everything. Um, and you get court dates for a trial and then sometimes they get postponed because one or both of you defense or plaintiff cannot show up and then you go to trial and then you do the, uh, 
what is it called? Vior deer thing where you have to pick up the pick out the jewelry. Um, you ask them questions, and one of the things is this too. She kept trying to avoid uh, being served things and stuff like that, and she kept trying to avoid having me know where she worked or lived. And it wasn't because of fear for her life. It was because she didn't want to get hit with a lawsuit, or she didn't want to get hit with. Um, the motion to enforce litigants' rights and stuff like that. Um, so she would try and pretend like she was being secretive because it was for her protection. And by the way, she went to her jobs and told them that I was a stalker. Uh, you know, and, and that's pretty fucked up. That she also told not only the courts and lied, but she went to other th- th- third parties, which is defamation. Uh, when you're lying and then you're saying somebody's committing a crim- criminal act. So anybody that goes to the place that they work, the employees that work with them, their employer, uh, their friends, their family, the person that they're falsely accusing, their workplace, or anything like that, that's defamation um, if you're lying. And you can get sued for that. So, And as long as somebody's doing it, hey, they could have started five years ago. But if they're still doing it today and they're still lying to their co-workers or their employers or friends and family, then you will still have a case against them. So that's why it's another reason why I don't have to hurry up and sue anybody because I know that some people are still saying shit about me. And as long as they're saying shit about me, they keep that door open for me. So, um, and one day I'm, I just might say, yeah, today's the day I had enough. Let me do what I got to do, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, you got to know, and this is a, a word to the wise to people, you know, there's rumors and, and then there's damaging things that you say about people um, that damage their life um, and their reputation amongst family, friends, businesses, their own employer, whatever. And you don't have a right to do that because you're pissed off at them because you didn't get what you wanted. You didn't, you know, they, they broke up with you and you're still in love with them and you can't get over it and grow up and just move on or whatever, you know, um, to purposely go out and do that kind of shit. It, it, it is horrible. I know that end of me. And you know what? Like I, I had to live it, you know, but the thing is, uh, you know, I know the other end of stupid childish rumors too. But, but when things become, they start out maybe as tru- stupid childers rumors and then they expand to all-out libel and slander and defamation and abuse of process of the courts and malicious prosecution, um, that's another ball game. So when you go to trial, you pick out your jury, you do your opening statement. And um, one, there's a book, and I can't find it, but there's a famous, famous uh, his name's George. He's a lawyer. He's won ninety nine point nine percent of his cases in in the, in the country, and um, I can't remember his name. And my my friend borrowed a book about him and never gave it back. So <laughs> so anyway, but one of the things he said is to connect to the jury because they're the ones who are going to uh, decide your case. And you want them to get to know you as a person, you know, or get to know your client if you're representing your client. So what I did, and 
the lawyer, the defense lawyer, went batshit crazy over this. And it's not against any kind of court rules to do what I did because I researched it. Um, I pulled a chair up right up to the front of the jury and I got within three feet of their face and I looked at them and I explained what I had been through in Atlantic County years ago and the lies that they played and and the stuff that they did is having me falsely arrested and me winning that lawsuit and and the background of my friendship or known I wasn't like we didn't hang out that much it was like her coming to my house for these um Tripoli and poker games and stuff like that and her knowing me for 13 years and then showing up when I was getting an award for uh, exemplary student at the co- the college um, that she, you know, told me in the parking lot that she had a crush on me for all these years and want to go out with me and I was looking good and all that. And that was two weeks after I won my money, you know. But the defense lawyer had a hissy fit when I pulled my chair up to talk to them. And he was like, objection, objection. No, you can't object to somebody's opening statement. This is my right to now tell the jury my story of how uh, what the the things I went through and where why we are where we are today with this defendant, so like sit the fuck down, you know, and I didn't say sit the fuck down, but you know I let the judge know that no, this is my opening statement. He can't object to the fact that I'm sitting in front of the jury, you know what I mean? And and it actually made him look like shit in front of the jury, but at the end of the day, um, I got to tell my story, and then um, you know I got to start the trial and everything it was a um how many days did we go i think it was four days i think it was four days and the fourth day we gave it to the jury um it was the and the actually the other day came up yeah i think it was the 18th is when i won uh the the settlement okay so you do the closing arguments you know you do the closing argument um and or statement and then uh, you send the jury off with instructions for the judge by the judge um this is how much she's asking for these are the things that you have to you know ponder malicious press did she prove malicious prosecution now it's not beyond a reasonable doubt you know you know it's not like a criminal trial you know uh did you did she prove um abusive process did she prove defamation by slander and libel. Um, so when she, when the jury went out, you know, the judge called on uh, her and her lawyer to have a private little meeting in, in the courtroom without me there. And I didn't find out until later, and this is one thing you want to do too. You don't have to get written transcripts that cost $500 to get and all that you can ask for a the audio transcript, which everything is recorded, and it only costs $10 for the CD, and you get it within a couple of days um, after the court stuff is done. So I was not in privy to the conversation that the judge was having with them, but it basically was, you're going to lose this case because she has proven, you know, that your client has lied. And... Um, you know, if she doesn't lose now, um, you know, the jury, you know, if she does, she, she's probably going to win with this jury, you know, but if she doesn't win now that she's going to win on appeal, 
And so, you know, you, you're, you and your client need to seriously think about settling this case. And I don't really think it's about the money. I think really this case is more about, you know, she wants to prove that your client has lied about her life, you know. And, um, you know, if you can settle on that, I would suggest you do that. You know, because if she doesn't win now with this jury, she's going to win on an appeal. And she's very litigious or whatever, which means I, I, I fight through the fucking courts, you know, and to, you know, so she, she will, if she loses, she will file an appeal and she will win on the appeal, you know, because there were some things that this defense attorney got away with, um, that didn't pass me. There were some objections I was able to throw in, but there was a couple things that I missed, you know, because he was distracting me or whatever. Um, and, and, but I notated it for that was my appeal, you know? Um, so at the end of the day, I figured, well, if I have to appeal, this is what he did wrong. This is what he did wrong. This is what he did wrong. The judge didn't, uh, you know, he should have sustained on this, he should have overruled this, whatever, you know what I mean? So, at the end of the day, um, then he pulled me in, and, you know, he told me, look, you know, like, I know it's not about the money, this, that, and the other thing, you know, they're they're willing to settle, and, you know, um, so, you know, what do you want to do, this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, I let him know, and, and, uh, and then they pulled him back in, and, and she was pretty adamant about, uh, not wanting to settle at first until they, uh, you know, they were like, look, you, you know, she, she has proof, <laughs> you know, like her lawyer's like, she, she proved that you're, you lied all this time, you know, or whatever, you know? So at the end of the day, look, you know, they might come back with a $50,000 judgment against you, you know? So you better think about, you know, or more, cause it doesn't mean that if I ask for 50, they can give me a hundred. You know what I mean? So, and that's a chance that, you, you know, you can take when you're defendant and you go to court and want to fight something that you know you're lying about is the chance that even though that plaintiff is asking for this, the plaintiff could say, I mean, the jury could come back and say, wow, this was really egregious. You know what? I think we, in punitive damages, we're going to give her compensatory and 50. But in punitive damages, which is another thing I was suing for, compensatory and punitive damages punitive damages is the criminal part that's the egregious criminal part where and that's where all the money comes in so people who win lawsuits they may win compensatory very small they can win a dollar but in punitive damages they can win two million dollars because this person acted in a criminal manner against you you know what i mean and that's what the danger was for her it wasn't as much as the compensatory. It was the criminal manner that she engaged in um, and the abuse of the, the court system and lying, committing perjury in sworn statements on, in court and everything, you know. So, you know, they ended up settling. Um, and I did not sign any paperwork. I created, I was told to create a settlement paperwork. Um, and I did. But I did not sign any non-disclosure paperwork, and nor did she. So um, she could talk about the trial, but she needs to talk about the trial to the fact that she settled and she lost, you know, um, and that she had to pay me money for her lies, you know, or or any time I can file a motion and drag her ass back into court at any time. 
um, and then file to get the full $50,000 from her. Um, and at any time, I can name her first name and bat last name. The only reason I don't is because she is batshit, crackhead, fucking crazy. And I finally have had some relief of not having her in my life. And I haven't seen her car drive by, um, you know, for a little bit. Um, but then again, I know she has two cars, at least, that she's driving by. Um, and I have their license plates um, down. So, And I do keep them in my car in case she's following me or shows up where I'm at or whatever. Um, because then I will call the police on her and everything because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, she just needs to stay the fuck away from me. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, then you, you know, she did a payment plan. She didn't, she didn't pay. And by the way, she had her boyfriend paying, not her. And I really didn't care where the money came from. If he was dumb enough to pay me, then he was already dumb enough to have her do the same shit she was doing to me, to him. It took him five years, like I said, for her, him to figure it out. Uh, and it took me three, less than three months. Okay. Uh, we were in together, we were together in May, June, July, July 31st is when I broke up with her. Um, so it wasn't even really three months, two and a half months, but it felt like forever because when you're dealing with a narcissist, they will drain the life out of you and it will feel like you are in this vortex of doom that you can't get out of and that's their whole point their whole point is to do that to you you know so at the end of the day please if you're with somebody who feels like they're draining the life out of you and all their problems are being dumped on your lap and then they're turning around and they're lying about your relationship or they're trying to hide your relationship from certain people or whatever you know, be sh- be rest assured, they're pretty much probably a malignant narcissist, and you're just another one of their victims, you know, and then as soon as you start to act like you got a clue about them, they're already starting to line up their next victim, so just be careful, like when I was with her and going through this shit and I broke up with her, she was already working on her professor at the college, and she was already lining him up he had just got a divorce and they always hit vulnerable people you know while their head is still spinning from being out of a relationship coming out of a major lawsuit getting a divorce whatever a death of a family member whatever they always they always pick on the weak people that are in their weakest moments you know in their life um so remember that but you know there is instructions online that you can look up in your court uh, system and it will give you instructions on how to fill out the paper, how to, you know, file the, you know, file the uh, paperwork with the court, how to serve the people, etc. And that's all, this is all stuff that I learned from going through what I've been through and from, um, you know, having to have my own lawsuit that's why I'm so good at process serving and stuff like that when you're dealing with somebody who's trying to duck being served for a lawsuit or subpoena or whatever, you learn ingenious ways on how to how to get them, you know, um, and that's what I do. I do I specialize in the ingenious ways how to catch people, you know. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I know Frankie wanted to talk about that, and I know that he has to as a police officer and the other officers too, you know. I some of these officers. 
uh, were very, very sympathetic. And, you know, a couple of them knew her and said, yeah, she's so full of shit, man. Like, and, and the fact, you know, the, the best thing is that her family members apologized to me and that they said, look, we knew that, you know, she was lying and stuff like that. And that meant a lot. And even some of her friends that I ran into have apologized and stuff. And, uh, you know, and that means a lot that you have people that say, yeah, we know she's off the hook, crackhead crazy, you know, and uh, we just we just deal with her. And a lot of them even say we 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 handle her with kids. Nothing. We handle her with kids gloves because um, we don't want to be like put through like what you were put through, because that's how she is. You know, um, she claimed this guy raped her. And I don't know if I told you guys this, but she claimed this guy raped her and uh, and two other guys in a basement um, when she was like 16 years old, held her by gunpoint, tied her to the bed, took turns raping her over a course of two or three days, the whole thing. And then um, she showed me a picture of this guy um, and and said that this was the guy who did it, and we're at the Wawa on Sherman and Delcy, and he's there. And I see him, and I'm seeing her reaction. She just walks right by him. Like, she looked at him, just walked right by. Like, nothing even phased her. Went and bought this, that, and the other thing. Whatever, stood in line behind him. Nothing. And I'm just looking at her and looking at him and thinking, and I went up to her. I said, isn't that the guy that raped you? And everything? she goes, yeah. Not, like... I don't know. I would be walking out of the fucking place. Like, there's no way I would be able to handle to be in the same fucking room with somebody that did that to me, you know? But her nonchalant, whatever, and I'm like, I'm so confused about the situation, whatever. But at the end of the day, I talked to her mother about it, her mother goes, Sean, that, 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 that never happened. You know, that didn't happen. That never happened. You know, this is what happened, but this, that never happened, you know? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, she literally lied. She cried in the bed with me. I'm comforting her. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that they did that to you and whatever. And and here, it was all fucking bullshit, you know? And, and she burnt her house down. It fucking left them homeless uh, at seven years old to kill whatever demon she thought was in the house or whatever. The only demon in the house was you, bitch, you know? But this is the kind of crazy people we run into in our lives, you know? And unfortunately, we don't have... Um, like, I'm always looking at the best in people, you know, and that's how I am with everybody. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, it took me a long time, even with a mother that wasn't that great, to to realize that there are shitty people, evil people in this world that are very narcissistic, that have some mental problems or whatever. And we see it every day with people getting killed for nothing, you know, um, because some people have mental problems or some people just are evil. You know, it's just, they have an evil seed in them, you know, and unfortunately we have to, some people we have to fight, you know, and some people we just have to walk away from, you know, because they'll, look, she's over working on some other victim right now, I heard, you know, but that's not my problem. All I know is she's not in my life, you know, and a psychology professor, how can you be a psychology professor and not figure somebody like that out immediately? But then again, he's a wackadoodle too. He was. Like, you know, he he lied for her on the stand. He paid for stuff. He they even followed me to this hair place, um, you know, and, and parked up the like five or six spaces over, you know, to watch me as I'm going into this hair place. And I'm like, Are you 
freaking ki- kidding me? They were coming from swimming at Malaga Lake or whatever, and they saw me coming up, uh, what was it? Um, 40, up 40, and going to this place right on the corner where McDonald's and, and, and everything is a hair place over there, you know? Um, and I'll never go there again because they didn't, the braid job they did to me was fucking horrible, you know, horrible job. It didn't even last a day, really. It was horrible. <coughs> but, you know, the, this is the crazy... I'm sorry. <coughs> I have... Ugh. Boy, I got some beer and I'm like... I want to I wanna drink a beer so bad. But anyway, I had to fill my wine fridge up with my, with my beer and wine uh, yesterday because... You know, I only had two wine bottles left. I'm like, oh no, this ain't happening. I gotta make sure I have some wine and beer in the house. And I even got some peach bellinis. Um, already made peach bellinis in case I wanted to grab something like that. But, uh, but my throat has been so dry lately. And I've been coughing up a storm. And uh, anyway, so at the end of the day, um, fight, fight the people you want to fight if it's worth it. If they're not, you know, and, and I mean... Nobody's worth it. Like these, these, these kind of scumbag pond scum people aren't worth it. But it is worth it for you to protect your reputation, your character, your integrity, who you are as a person. Um, when it involves, you know, your friends, your family, your workplace, people like a love interest that you're interested in, and they think you're crackhead crazy because of what your ex is saying or whatever. Like I said about that guy that was talking about that bartender that I was interested in. Um, you know, I made the bad call of judging her based on through his filter. Um, so at the end of the day, don't make that mistake either. Don't judge people through other people's filters or experiences or whatever, or, or rumors and opinions that they have about people, you know, judge them by the way they treat you. And the way they treat the people you care about and love or whatever or who you're with. And, you know, like, I, I've never... There's one thing, though. She should have took the hat that I threw on the bar and put it under the counter with my name on it. Actually, I think my name is written in it. But that was one thing that pissed me off about her, the that bartender, is... Um, you know, I thought she liked my hat because she kept looking at it. And so I threw it on the counter. I said, you like my hat? Yeah, you can have it. And I put it on the on, on a, you know, I threw it up on the bar and I left with my friend and that's just who I am. Like if somebody said, yeah, I like your hat. Well, fuck it. I don't care. I have 150 hats, by the way. We're not, we'll talk about that addiction some other time. But anyway, um, so she could have took the hat and put it under the bar said, Hey, look, she knew me. She knew I frequented the bar. She knew I knew half the people that worked her and I knew the owner. So a decent human being would have done this, taken a hat, Put it in the other, you know, room or whatever. Not to say she's not a decent human being, but it wasn't decent what she did. She didn't take the hat and put and say, look, this is Sean's hat. She thought I wanted it, but I don't want it. Make sure she gets it back. She didn't do that. And when I asked her about it, she said, I don't know. Oh, maybe it's in Lost and Found. I don't know. Maybe somebody took it. I don't know. Whatever. And that kind of attitude like that is not a turn on for anybody to me. It's not a turn on for me. That was the one thing that did turn me off about her. Um, was that if anybody else, and, and I've been a bartender, so I know, and especially if you have regulars come in, 
Um, you, you know, if you're going to be professional and friendly with somebody, then you should, if they leave their jacket or their hat or their wallet or whatever, you want to take it and you want to say, look, Hey, Harry was in here today. He left his jacket here. You want to put it in the back, put his name on it. And then when we see him again, give it to him or whatever. So that, you know, to me is kind of like a red, it was kind of like a red flag to me that if you can't be decent enough to just do that, then maybe, maybe what her sister has been saying to about me and everything and all the lies and all the drama and you know, toxic shit that she created about my life, maybe her sister does have a little inkling of that in her. You know what I mean? And, and it came out that, that, that one time. I don't know. I may be wrong. You know, I mean, she did treat me decent before and after that incident, but that kind of pissed me off. Not that I care about the hat because I have a dime a dozen. <laughs> For real, I do. But it's, it's the principle of the matter. You know, you want to show somebody at the very, very minute situations the core of who you are. And if you can't be a decent human being to somebody with a situation as very uh, little as that, then how are you in the big situations? You know what I mean? So that has always been something that I question um, about her. Uh, But... As far as any other time, she treated me decently, you know, and that, and like I said, you know, am I going to judge her on one incident versus 10, you know, but is that also in the back of my mind is, does it, is this a reflection of who she truly is and it just seeped out or is this just, you know, she was just being like sarcastic, cocky, uh, like me, (laughs) who knows, (laughs) But, you know, and the thing is, it's a one of a kind hat. So if I see anybody walking around with it, I'll know that it's my hat because it was it was, you know, it was made specifically for me. So (laughs) it's not it's not a hat you're going to just find in any store or anything like that. (laughs) You know, I mean, so at the end of the day, you know, Look at how people treat you, you know, weigh out whether or not certain people are worth it to fight and situations to fight, you know. And like I said, you know, you, and the statute of limitations can run out on you. Um, so if it's serious enough where you need to do something, then you need to act and you need to get your shit together and do it um, and not whine about the fact that you lost a chance because you didn't want to do anything. Because I've had a bunch of people cry to me about I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and they didn't. All right, so that's my podcast for today. I want to chill out for a little bit and kick back. And um, thank you for anybody who appreciates the podcast and listening. I love you, Bronson. Be safe and, you know, keep in touch with me when you get a chance. I know you got a lot going on. And sorry, Kelly, I'm not making too much uh, funny laughter stuff in this one, but I wanted to put this out before I forgot. All right, and I will talk to you guys later. Have a good good night, day, weekend. Hi, folks. I just wanted to add a little tidbit at the end of uh, this recording. Um, so Bronson called me, and he told me about listening to my library in my shitter (laughs) and then he actually told me that he loves that book a 
about how the awful ways that famous people croaked. <laughs> and then he says that I have one of the best uh, mini shitty li shitter libraries he's ever saw. He actually loves my bathroom, period. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was hilarious, um, you know, that he can, you know. And then he remembered my uh, girlfriend of 25 years off and on that, you know remember me talking about her and stuff like that. Because I never really even talked about, you know, a lot of people didn't know that we were seeing each other off and on for all these years because I didn't really talk about it. My sister isn't a big fan of hers, <laughs> you know. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just none of anybody's business anyway, you know, because she's only up in New York, I'm down here or whatever, you know. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, I got compliments on my, uh, my bathroom and the, my shitter, uh, library. So I appreciate Frankie, you know, saying that and everything and, uh, and being a big fan of my podcast and being able to, uh, listen it, listen to it on his downtime from work. And it, you know, it gets him through the rest of the shift that he has to go through and everything. So, um, you know, and then of course, you know, He's picking up terms like crackhead crazy and shit. <laughs> I've got a lot like Twinkie Doodle, Wackadoodle, you know, um, all kinds of shit. But anyway, I just wanted to add that in, um, you know, because there are like like I said, one of the books that I had was about about this famous lawyer and the cases that he's won and his and his uh, the strategy that he uses in a courtroom to basically get personal with the jury to get the get them to know you as a person and know what you've been through or what the client has been through and everything um you know um and somebody i get you know they Sean can i borrow this book and i never see it again <laughs> I, I i limited the amount of books uh you know the good books i hide uh, that I want to make sure nobody walks off with, basically. So anyway, all right, guys, have a, have a good one, and I will talk to you later.